My name is Michael Tuck, and I'm the associate pastor here at Bacon's Castle Baptist Church. We are a local church in Surrey, Virginia, dedicated to making disciples of Jesus Christ. This is the weekly podcast that we put out for our local church family and the church as a whole. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. A young man was walking through the through the supermarket when he noticed a little old lady following him around. And, uh, and thinking nothing of it, he kind of ignored her, but continued throughout the, the grocery store. And uh, finally, when we went to the checkout line, she cut in front of him and she said, pardon me. She said, I'm, I'm sorry I've been staring at you and following around. I hope I haven't made you uncomfortable. And uh, it's just that you look like my son who recently died. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, is there anything I can do for you? And she said, yes. She said, I tell you, it would just make me feel so good when I'm leaving. If you would just wave at me going out the door and say, bye, mother. See you later. Oh, he said, ma'am, I can do that for you. So she went ahead and checked out. And as she was going out the door, she stopped and looked back at him. And he said, bye, mother. See you later. A few minutes later, he stepped up to check out himself, and when he went to pay, it was $127.50. He said, how can that be? I hardly ordered anything. And the clerk said, well, your mother said that you would pay for her. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about honoring uh, your mom and your dad, but your real mom and dad, not the grocery store one that's that's faking it out. This is our uh, last message in the series on Family First and uh, God's design for the home. And uh, I want to end with this with this message. I when Ann kept uh, asking me to speak about parenting grown children, I felt like I needed to speak also about kids, grown kids. How do you honor your parents when they're old? How do we how do we honor our parents all the way uh, to the end? Now, the command to honor our mothers and fathers, most of us that grew up in a Christian or a Jewish home, we know this commandment well. It's found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, and repeated again in Deuteronomy. But it says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And it's the only commandment in the, of, the, of the Ten Commandments. It's the only one that is attached with it a promise of long life. And obviously, that's not an absolute promise. It's not like God is saying, I guarantee you, if you honor your parents, you're going to live a long time because it's not true. Some people who have honored their parents have not lived a a long time. Some have died young. So so this is not an absolute promise, but it's generally true. And uh, the reality is that honoring our parents as a child in the home really is just two things. It involves respect and obedience. Exodus 21 says anyone who attacks their father or mother is to be put to death. Anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. You know, and I, and I had, a, had this thought, maybe you live a long time if you honor your parents because they don't kill you for, for doing wrong. Uh, I, y- y'all ever heard a mother say this, I brought you into the world, I can take you out of it, right? So that's the same kind of thought there. But it's not just those of us with a Jewish or a Christian worldview that believe we ought to honor our, honor our parents. In fact, really cultures around the world, in fact, they put our Western culture to shame, a lot of them, a lot of the cultures, when it comes to paying honor and respect to, uh, to their parents and even their aging parents. In history, the Greeks taught that honoring your parents was one of your highest duties. Aristotle said that a man should himself starve before he sees his parents starve. Plato said that this was the debt that 
the debt owed to parents was, the, and I quote, the first and the greatest and oldest of debts. The word to honor means to, it means weight. And you've heard the expression weightier matters, uh, matters of greater importance, greater matters of greater value. So when the scripture speaks of us honoring or giving weight to our parents, what it's saying is that what we need to do is we need to attach great value to our parents. We need to uh, give them a greater importance in our life. So this morning, I want to talk to us for just a little bit about how do we do that? How do we honor our parents as adults, especially how do we honor our parents as, as they're aging? And what I'd like to do this morning is give you seven practical means. And some of these are going to be direct commands from God. Others are going to be more principles that I see in the scripture. But this is how we honor our parents. So if your parents are still living, this is definitely a talk for you. And if you have aging parents, I think some of this is going to be especially appropriate for you. Now, I want to warn you in advance that what's going to happen in your mind is you're going to say, you're going to have this temptation, but you don't know my parents. You don't know how bad they've treated me. You don't know what they've done uh, to me. And I understand that. And I understand that there are cases that would make it really hard maybe for you to even, even do some of the things that I'm going uh, to suggest that you do in honoring of your parents. But uh, that set aside, I, I do really want to, I want to give you some things to consider, some practical ways to honor them. And if nothing else, I, I think the first thing I'm going to say will apply to you if you have a hard time applying the other six things to your parents, all right? So let's dive in. Here's, here's the first way that I believe we as adult parents need to honor our, our parents, and it's this. We need to forgive them. We need to forgive them. Now, among, uh, among the most important things, I think this, this has to come first. We honor them when we're willing to let go of hurts. Now, I've said this almost ad nauseum throughout the series that all of us are going to make mistakes and every parent in this room has failed. You've failed your children at some point. Uh, you, you have not lived up to their expectations or maybe this, you've not even lived up to your own expectations of being a parent. Our parents have sinned against us. Our parents have made unwise decisions that affected us you know, maybe greatly, maybe they have crushed us with their own unrealistic expectations. I've seen that over the years where we parents demand too much of our children and expect too much of them, and it crushes them. Some parents uh, have said things that are even worse or done things that are even worse than the things that I just mentioned. And because of that, there's a lot of adults out here in the world that are wounded by what their parents did. And they're wounded so they're controlled by their anger and their bitterness towards their parents. They find themselves unable to move past the mistakes that their parents made in their life that caused great harm uh, to them. Three elderly women were sitting around bragging about their sons and how much their sons, you know, love them. One, one woman said, my son is so devoted, devoted to me that he gave me for my birthday an all-expense-paid cruise around the world. The second one says, well, mine loves me even more. I'll tell you why. Because he had a catered affair for me, and he brought in all my friends, flew in all my friends from around the world. The third woman smirks, and she says, without a doubt, my son is the most devoted. Three times a week, he goes to therapy, $130 at a shot. And you know who he talks about the whole time he's there? Me. Some parents have wounded their children, and they don't even realize that they have wounded their children. 
So the best way for you to honor your parents is for you to forgive them. And the best way for you to honor, the best way for you to heal your own broken heart is for you to forgive them. Jesus said so much about forgiveness, didn't he? So much about forgiving others when they've wronged us uh, and, our, and, I, and they've hurt us. And he said, listen, I've put my spirit in you. I'm not suggesting that we do this in our humanity. I'm suggesting we do this by the power of God in us because his spirit dwells within us. And so we can forgive. And, um, and we are able to forgive because he has forgiven us so much. Remember Peter, when he was so magnanimous with the Lord and he said, Lord, how many times should I forgive? Should it be seven times? You know, that perfect number seven should it be seven times. Remember, Jesus said, no, seven times 70. And again, it's not Jesus is not putting a numeric limit to it. He's basically saying that our heart should be one of forgiving people. We should forgive people when they've hurt us. And of all the people that we should forgive, it should be our parents, even when they don't even realize it. Remember Jesus dying on the cross? What did he say about the people that were killing him? He said, Father, forgive them. Why? They don't even know what they're doing. Father, please forgive them. They're not asking for forgiveness. They don't even, they think they're doing God a service, I guess, or they're doing Rome a service. And they're, the, the Pharisees, if we're going to call them responsible for killing Jesus, they think they're doing a service to God. And, and so they, they don't know what they're doing. And yet Jesus says, Father, forgive them. I'm trying to say to you that you honor your parents when you forgive them the things that they've done in your life that hurt you, even when they don't even acknowledge it, or even maybe when they don't even realize it. In Luke 7, Jesus says, when we've been forgiven much, what, what do we do when we've been forgiven much? We love much, right? I think, and I don't think, I don't think Jesus, I, I won't put words in Jesus' mouth, but I think he'd agree with these. When we've been forgiven much, we're able to forgive much. When, when, you know, love and forgiveness, I think they're really intricately or intrinsically tied together. Forgiveness and love go together. So if you love someone, you're willing and able to forgive them what they've done against you. If you've been forgiven much and you recognize that, then you're able to forgive others who have done a, a lot worse things maybe to you. One more and then I'll move on. But Jesus taught us to pray like this. Remember this? He says, Father, forgive my sins as I've forgiven those who have sinned against me. Forgive me my debts, Lord, as I've forgiven those who have debts against me. There's, there's just lots and lots of reasons why honoring your parents begins with you forgiving them. And I know many of you probably don't harbor any. You don't harbor any anger or unforgiveness towards your parents. I, I get that, and that's absolutely wonderful. But there's a, there's a whole bunch of people in the world who their parents have hurt them, and they're not able to forgive. I'm challenging all of you to start there today. I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I've heard throughout the course of my lifetime so many people who have found freedom when they've forgiven others, when, when they've let go of the hurt. They have found healing. Here's my second way you honor your parents. You honor your parents as an adult by speaking well about your parents. The opposite of this is to speak ill about them. And of course, to speak ill about your parents or to speak ill about anyone is to disobey the Lord. It's to sin against God and it's to sin against them. Titus 3.2 says we are to speak evil of no one. James 4.11 says, do not speak evil against anyone, brothers, Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may be, give grace to those who hear it. 
When I was a kid, my, my parents used to teach me this, and I know your parents did too, right? If you can't say anything nice about someone, don't say anything at all, right? Uh, I'm challenging to honor your parents by not saying bad things about them. And I started with forgiveness because you got to go there. But you know, a lot of times when your parents have hurt you or you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you try to make them pay by telling everyone else how bad your parents are or how they hurt you or how they did it wrong or how they did this. And I want to encourage you to not do that. We live in a culture, everyone. We live in a culture that that's what we do in culture. I mean, before the internet and all of this, if I was going to say something bad about you, I had to do it into your face or I had to do it to another person. Now you can get on the internet and you can just tell everybody in all the world how terrible somebody is, how bad you think they are. We live in a culture where we think nothing of speaking evil against uh, our, our political leaders, against anyone else that's hurt us. And, and so we've kind of got this culture, and by extension, we now think it's okay to speak evil against our parents, to tell everybody our parents' failures. So this morning, I want to challenge you to stop doing that if you're doing that. Stop talking bad about your parents. If they failed you, if they let you down, if they hurt you, um, you know, you're not justified in running them down. And, you know, you, 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 my daddy used to say this, two wrongs don't ever make a right. Right. So your parents wronged you. You now dishonoring them with your speak doesn't make it right. I mean, somehow or another in our sinfulness, it might make us feel better, but it's it's not right. And, and I want to actually encourage you to do the, the other, not just not speak evil about your parents, but speak positively about your parents. So, yeah, I could I could focus in on all the things that my dad and mom did wrong. And I could tell you about those things. And it's not a big list, but I could tell you some of the things they didn't do right. But I can also, I also have a list of things that my parents did really good. Things that my parents really did good. And, uh, you know, and I need to tell you about those things. I need to honor them by speaking well of them uh, in your presence. I, I need to speak well of them in, in the presence of my children so that they'll have honor for their grandparents. I need to speak positively or speak good, not evil, in front of my siblings so that my brothers aren't, you know, so if they've got some kind of edge against my parents, that they might be convicted by, by that or my spouse or anyone else. We need to speak well of our parents in our church community, in our family right here. You know, I mean, I know a lot of you. And again, I'm not saying there's never a place for you to speak of your hurt, but it's, there's ne it's never right for you to speak of it publicly, I don't think. There might be a time and a place for you to share with a friend your hurt so that God might bring bring healing something there, right? But but in our in our community here, I, I think we need to model a countercultural move where in our culture everybody it's all right for you to say whatever you want, speaking ill against anyone that's not on your side or that you don't like or that doesn't do things the way you want them to do it. It's there's just nothing in our culture that says you need to restrain any of that. I think we need to restrain that. And in our culture, in our community here, we need to change the culture. And not, not that you guys speak bad about your parents. But I'm just simply saying we need to be a, a community where we speak well of our parents. Number three. And I guess, and I guess maybe it's because this, is, this speaks to me the most. Maybe, maybe that's why I think it's one of the most important. But here's my third way you honor your parents as an adult child. You appreciate your parents both privately and publicly. What I mean by this is 
Not just that you speak well of your parents to others, but you speak to your parents and you express appreciation to them for what they've done in your life. Both you say it to them privately and you say it to them publicly. Again, here's the verse I read a minute ago, Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear it. Now that verse doesn't specifically say that, do that to your parents, but I think it's a great application of that verse. Here's how you honor mom and dad. You tell them how much they mean to you, how, how much you appreciate whatever they did for you, because they, as bad as they might have been, maybe there's some cases where a parent, there's nothing to appreciate, but, but in most cases, there are things that we can appreciate. And for most of us, it's probably an awful lot that we can appreciate about our parents. Here's what Tim Keller said in a message about the fifth commandment. And he's encouraging uh, us to, to minister, to, to bless our, our senior parents. This is what he says, and I quote, You don't realize how important it is to give credit where you can. You don't realize how critical it is just to say, You know, everything I really ever learned about saving money, I learned from you. To say, You know, Dad, that was one thing you always taught me that I really really appreciate it. As, an, as a parent of adult children, I can tell you, I long to know that my life impacted my kids. I, I long to know that there's something about my life that, that there's positive that they take away from me being their dad. And, and it means an awful lot when my children tell me that. Now, that just may be my love language. You know that, that book, Five Languages of Love? Maybe that's just my love language. I don't know. But I honestly believe that we honor our parents when we express those sort of things to them. So I've sought to do that my entire life through uh, birthday cards. And so when my parents' birthdays came or their anniversary came, I would write a card and I would do more than just sign my name. I would write in all the white space in that car, card what I, what I appreciate about my mom or my dad or the fact that uh, how they did marriage or whatever it might be. I, I tried to speak that to them. But you know what? I, I do have a regret and I wish my dad's been gone for three years now and I wish I had done that more for my father. My mom's still here, so I have room to improve there. But, uh, but I wish I'd done that more for my dad. And we can give esteem publicly to our parents as well. Maybe in speeches at birthdays or conversations we have when the family's together, right? We can say something publicly about our parents to those around them, expressing appreciation or saying how much they mean to us or, or, or just blessing them that way. Dennis Ramsey, Dennis Rainey, excuse me, Dennis Rainey from Family Life encourages us children to write formal tributes to our parents, to present them to them and to read them aloud in their presence. So we can honor our parents by appreciating them both privately and publicly with, with words of affirmation. Number four, seek their counsel. Last week, I told us parents of adult children, if you were here or if you've listened to the message, I told all of us to offer our counsel to our children, but to stop trying to control them, to stop trying to dictate everything to our kids or being offended when they don't listen to us. You know, I told you they're, I, they're responsible to God. And, you know, the Bible says, who are you to judge another man's servant? 
Now, I don't know how you feel about your children, but, but my children, they're God's servants. They belong to Jesus. They belong to him, not me. And, and so I, I, I feel like that I have come alongside them as a brother in Christ now, and, and they don't answer to me. And so if they choose not to take my counsel, that's between them and God. But I told you last week, I think we should always be a resource of counsel to our children. And I still stand by that. But I also told you that I was so busy as a dad raising six that mom and dad fell off the radar and and I didn't I didn't reach out to them as much as I wanted to or, or I should have I should say I as I want to today I should have done that right um, but that was last week and now today I want to say to you young adults whose parents are still living honor your parents by seeking their wisdom I don't make the mistake that I did. They get you so busy in life. You you just you, you, not that you don't love your parents. Not that that you. But I was just too busy to seek their counsel. I was too busy to um, you know to to look to them. I was talking to a dad this week. Not 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 in our church family. Another dad, and and we were. I don't know how we got on the subject. Maybe we were talking about last week's talk. But but he went on to tell me about how he gave his daughter some wisdom of a lifetime of living. And as he told me what the wisdom was, I thought, wow, that's really good wisdom. But you know what? She wasn't seeking it, and she wasn't going to take it, right? She wasn't seeking it from him, and she wasn't going to take it. So, so here's, here's what I want to say to you adults that have parents that are still living. You take, I, I told you parents, you take initiative. Now I'm telling you young adults, you take initiative and seek the counsel of your parents, the Bible constantly associates youth with wisdom, right? No, just the opposite, right? Youth with foolishness and age with wisdom. The idea is, that, and Monk, I think you said this in some of your remarks, but there, there, isn't, there is the sense that as I'm growing older, I, I'm accumulating some wisdom, right? I'm gaining some wisdom. And, and I'm not trying to say here, young adults, that you need to do everything your parents say or heed their wisdom, but your parents know you better maybe than anyone else. And, you know, when you seek their wisdom, they may have a perspective to offer because they know you so well that maybe, maybe others won't know. Maybe they're going to share something with you that you haven't, haven't seen. And so I would just urge you to honor your parents by seeking their, their wisdom on decisions that you have to make. Again, this doesn't obligate you. I am not at all suggesting that you need to do what your parents always say. I'm saying you honor them, though, when you look to them and you say, hey, can you give me some advice? What are your thoughts on this? That honors them. Number five, pursue a relationship with them. Last week I told parents, uh, I told you parents to pursue your grown children. And, uh, you know, um, and I, I just didn't do this as well as I should have. So I, I, uh, I'm now telling you grown kids, you know, Pursue your parents. I told them to pursue you. Now I'm telling you to pursue them. Don't make that mistake that I made last uh, when I was younger. Seek them out. Call them regularly. Um, I said it, it, it makes them feel honored when you seek their counsel, but it also honors them when you just call on them to, to, uh, to check on them and you, uh, you phone them. And so Anne has a rule in our house that if our kids call, it doesn't matter what else we're doing, we're stopping that to answer that call from one of our kids. It honors them when you FaceTime them with your grandkids if, you're, if your parents live far away from you. I promise you it does. And believe it or not, you probably can't call too often. Now, I'm not trying to say call every day or anything like that. I'm simply saying 
you take initiative with your parents. You take initiative to, to try to strengthen the relationship and, and to grow the relationship. I, I have a friend who always reminds me that, that love is seen in the initiation. Love is seen in the person initiating. And so I just would urge you to initiate relationship with your parents, young adults. And um, so that means maybe get on the phone if they live far away. If they live close enough to you, invite them out to dinner every once in a while. You know, maybe if they're if if you got uh, if you don't go in till whatever time, drive by their house and and say, hey, can we go to breakfast? Or just you know, you take away, you take the initiative, stay connected, share your stories. I mean, I'm talking from I'm I'm, I'm speaking anecdotally here. It, it really is wonderful when our kids want to share with us the stories of their life, what's happening in their life. Right, Dickie? I mean, you're nodding your head, so I'm assuming you agree with me. Then it, it means something when our kids want to share with you what's what's happening in their in their life. But uh, young people, let your parents tell you what's happening in theirs too. Ask about their life. Ask about what's going on in their life. Because relationships are two-directional, right? They're two-directional. And so, you know, you reach out and pursue that relationship with your father. I mean, with your mom and your dad. Uh, number six, care for them. And I'm not talking about here caring for them financially. I'm talking about caring for them emotionally and physically. My, uh, my grandmother died three days before she was 100 years old. And uh, she was living with us at the time. And she used to always say, Jimmy, you know, I all remember this. Those of you who are in your Sunday school class or she was in your Sunday school class. She used to say, Jimmy, growing old ain't no fun. And I think she alternated that. I think this was her saying. She had another one, but I think it was this one. Growing old isn't for sissies. Um, the biggest part of the curse, the biggest part of the curse, other than, other than the fact that we die, is that we're mortal creatures and we're going to die, but we're dying. We're, we're, we're getting weaker with each passing year and we're losing abilities, physical and mental, as we grow old. Here's how Solomon describes it in Ecclesiastes. He says, keep your creator in mind while you're, in, while you're young. In years to come, this is not going to be a really pleasant picture, but here it goes. In years to come, you'll be burdened down with troubles and say, I don't enjoy life anymore. Someday the light of the sun and the moon and the stars will seem dim to you. I'm going to insert because you got cataracts. Rain clouds will remain over your head. Your body will grow feeble. Your teeth will decay. Your eyesight will fail. The noisy grinding of grain will be shut out of your deaf ears. But even the song of a bird will wake you, keep you awake. You won't be able to sleep at night. You'll be afraid to climb up the hill or walk down a road. Your hair will turn as white as almond blossoms. You will feel lifeless and drag along like an old grasshopper. We each go to our eternal home and the streets are filled with those who mourn. And the dust from which you, we are made returns to the earth as it once was. And the breath of life returns to God who gave it. Absolute futility, says the teacher. Everything is, future, is futile. And I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to feel some of that. Those of you that are further along than me, you tell me you feel those things all the time. As we begin to weaken and lose our abilities, here's what we begin to wonder. Is somebody going to take care of us? Is somebody going to help us when, when we can't take care of ourselves? And I mean, I'm not there yet where I'm thinking about that, but that comes to all of us. King David said this, Do not cast me off in the time of my old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. Psalm 71. David feared that even God would abandon him in his old age. Our parents are feeling the aging process. 
if they're getting up in age. They're feeling the aging process. And, and again, we live in a very rich world. And so this may not hold as true for our culture, our Western Civ, as it does maybe in some parts of the world. But they fear what the future might hold for them. My mother right now, I don't think she'd mind me telling you this, but she's fearing the loss of ability to drive because of nerve damage in her leg. And she's wondering what that'll mean when, when the time comes and if it's near, what that's going to mean for her independence. I mean, the only place really she drives us to the grocery store about a mile away and to uh, church and to the doctor, right? What is that going to mean if I can't drive? When we were young and weak and needy and dependent, our parents gave us their strength and, uh, and their care, and they took care of us. They took care of us. If they didn't take care of us, we would have died. No, there, there would have been no one to take care of us. We couldn't have taken care of ourselves when we were young. The flip side of this is that it happens in reverse. Just the opposite is coming. Our parents are going to get weaker and weaker. The ones who gave us their strength when we were little, they're going to become weaker and weaker and weaker and not be able to take care of themselves. They're going to lose their independence, and they're going to need someone to care for them if they live long enough. And, and this is where honoring our parents comes in. It means we're going to take care of them. We're going to be there for them. We're going, we're going to honor them by not forsaking them and communicating to them that we're not going to forsake them. Just as they cared for us. We're going to care for them, and it's going to be a responsibility, and it's going to be a joy. Now, I tell you, those of you that are in the, th in the thick of it now with little ones, I remember it, it was hard at times. It was hard. I mean, the, all, the, all the paraphernalia you had to carry around with you and, and the changing of diapers and all of that kind of stuff. It's just, I get it. I don't mean that when you're caring for your little ones that it's carefree, that it's not hard, it is hard, but there's a responsibility and there's a joy that comes from that. And it's the same thing at the other end of the spectrum. I don't mean to imply that caring for your parents is necessarily easy. CDC reports that as many as 10 million adults over 50 are currently caring for an aging parent. I think that means they're maybe living with you or you're caring for them in some way specifically. 25% of all grown children in America are providing either personal or financial care for their older parents. 25% of all grown children. 80% of them say this is a labor of love. But of that, that same number, 70% say, this is the most stressful time of my life. Here's an interesting fact. 10,000 baby boomers will, be, will turn 65 every day for the next 19 years. And with the advancement of medical you know, services and all, we're, we're living longer. So here's, here's the deal. All of us are going to, I think most of us are going to be faced with caring for our aging senior parents. At the time, at this time, there are a million of elderly adults who are living alone, often forsaken to nursing homes, hospitals, cared for professional, professionals rather than by family members. And in this, in this opportunity to honor our parents, th this is where we have an opportunity to display special honor to our parents. We have a special, we have an opportunity as followers of Jesus to say, in, in the world where, where God's love just permeates everything, we have an opportunity to display special honor to our parents. Now, I'm not at all saying nursing homes, assisted living places, or similar facilities are inherently wrong. I don't believe that. My mother is in one of those places. But here's what I do believe. I, I do believe that, that 
the best place would have been, or the best place would be, if it's possible, is for them to be with us in our homes. I do believe that's the best place. Uh, that the other places are not wrong. What is wrong, what is wrong, is when we abandon our parents to such places. When we are not there to care for them regardless of where they might be living. To honor them is to care for them. As one pastor counselor writes, and I quote, there is still a Christian obligation for hands-on loving care. Nurses may be employed, but there must be more. The care cannot be done by proxy. Emotional neglect and abandonment is not an option for such conduct is worse than an unbeliever. You know, when before the pandemic, we used to go to the nursing home and we used to sing to some of the residents. And one of the things that you discover in, in the nursing home is that there's a lot of parents there who, whose children don't live in state anymore. And they're living in that nursing home and their children don't come see them anymore. Their children don't have anything to do with them anymore. I'm telling you, here's how you are to honor your parents. You are never to abandon them. You are to care for them. You, you are to show them that emotional care that, uh, that everyone needs. And then the final thing, and then I'm done. And that is that you, you and I are to provide for the financial needs of our parents. I separated that out from the, from the other part because you know, I, I think there are two different things here. I need to care for them emotionally uh, from the heart, but also need to provide for them as well. And there's, there's a lot in the scripture where it's commanded this. First Timothy chapter 5, Paul tells... Timothy, that widows in the church are to be cared for by their family. He says children are to make a return to their parents, verse 4. And then he makes the statement in verse 8 that if we're not willing to care for our families financially, our widow mothers financially, then we are worse than someone who doesn't yet even know God. I mean, we, we, you, even he's basically he's really saying even people who don't love God, so many of them are taking care of their moms. If you can't even do that, you're, you're worse than someone who doesn't even, doesn't even believe. There's almost universal agreement among all Christian leaders that that principle applies and extends to us children with elderly parents. In some cultures, it's absolutely inconceivable that we would not take care of our parents financially if, if they have a need. John Stott points out, and I quote, African and Asian cultures which have developed the extended family in place of the nuclear family are a standing rebuke to the West in this matter. Now, I think there's, I think there's quite some truth to John's statement there. And I'm not going to indict our culture with the nuclear family. I'm not going to indict it, but I sure wish that you know, I wish that our culture had grown up with the extended family. I think, I think we would have all benefited from that more than, than the nuclear family. Um, Jesus once rebuked the religious folks because there was uh, some rich people. And the Pharisees told them, look, if you don't want to take care of your parents financially, here's what you do. You say your money is Corbin. You say you're going to give it to God when you die. And if you do that, then you don't have to take care of your parents financially. Jesus comes along and he says, he says, man, you, you, you have just, you, you have just obliterated God's will and God's word and God's desire for your man-made desire to have their money in your, in your temple. You know, based on that, here, here's something I'd say to you. God would prefer you to use your money to take care of mom and dad than to give it to the church. I think ideally, I think ideally God desires that we support the body of Christ and we take care of our parents. But you know what? If you can't do both, 
by all means, take care of your parents. Start there. Start there. When children are young, God expects parents to provide for them. That's clear. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. Again, here's John Stott. When parents grow old and feeble, it is, the, it is that roles and responsibilities are reversed. Pastor Ken Hughes says Christian sons and daughters are responsible for the financial care of their widow mothers, and the text expands it of their helpless parents and grandparents. Theologian commentator William Barclay says the raising of children requires tremendous sacrifice, and it is only right that children make sacrifices for parents in return. The Bible calls us to honor our parents by providing for them to make sure that their their needs are, are met. So there it is. That's how I think you honor that's how I think God commands, and I think that's how God desires for you to honor your, your parents if you're a young adult already with your own family. Don't forget your, your, your aging or elderly or older parents. He calls everyone to refuse to dishonor our parents. And I've already said this. I said it at the beginning, but I recognize and I know that some of your parents, and even in this room, I know that some of your parents... Uh, they didn't do the best of jobs. And not only did they not do the best of jobs, they, they maybe they even did you wrong. I, I get all that. So maybe the place to start today is just with forgiveness. Just letting go of that hurt and forgiving them. Maybe that's the place. But, but I'd like to just encourage all of us today to walk away saying, God, I want to I honor my parents all the way to the end. What is it that I need to do? Where do I need to grow? What, what is one thing I can take away from, from this today and, and, and do a better job of honoring my parents? That's what I'd like you to take away. Let me end with this. The reason I think we honor our parents is because it's an extension of us honoring God. I think the reason why God wants you to honor your fathers and mothers is because he wants you to honor him. In fact, he chose the term. You ever thought about this? God is not father like I have fathered my children, right? Uh, uh, there, there is one sect that thinks that. But, uh, you know, God is not a father in the sense that he sired us like, you know, like we understand fatherhood. But he chose father as the term to describe himself. Why did he do that? Because it's the characteristics of a father that, that God has. He he loves us like a father. He cares for us like a father. He sacrifices himself for us as creation like a father. And so this morning, even as I'm challenging you to honor your earthly father and mother, I really want to end by just asking you whether you honor your heavenly father, whether you honor God like a father. And if you don't, I'd like to challenge you today to do that. I'd like to ask you to, to repent and say, Oh, God, I haven't been honoring you like I, like I should. And, and how should we honor our Father in heaven? We honor our Father in heaven by loving him above everything else, by putting him first, by giving him preeminence in our life, by choosing to follow after his Son, the Lord Jesus. Because to follow after his Son is to follow after him. So I'd like to just urge you today to walk away this morning desiring to honor your earthly father, but also desiring to honor your heavenly father with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us as a father.
And, and there's a sense, I guess, in which you are a father and that you are a creator. You created us. You, you, we, we sprung from your desire. And so I guess in that sense, you're our father. But you're also our father spiritually by adopting us into your family, by, by choosing to, to build a kingdom where we get to be your subjects forever and ever. And we get the joy, the hope of glory that's coming, Lord, a day when which all that is evil and wrong is going to be redeemed. And, and, and Jesus, you're going to rule us. And we just look forward to that day. And so we say even with the Apostle John this morning, come, Lord Jesus, we long for your return. We long for the days when the sky shall unfold and Jesus shall step back onto the planet to rule and to reign. And so we say, Jesus, please, please come. Lord, in the meantime, I pray that we would live under your lordship, live under your reign. Uh, we are the kingdom of God. Now you reign in our hearts. Lord, may we honor you always as, as our great and wonderful and loving Father. And, and teach us to do that. Lord, even, even today, Lord, prick our hearts that we might just love you more and give ourselves more completely to you. Forgive us where we've failed you. Forgive us where we've let you down. There's been one Father who's never failed us, and that's you. We thank you for it. And Lord, as a, out of a, an extension of our love for you and our desire to honor you, we want to honor our earthly parents. And Lord, we, uh, we understand that, um, that all of us who are parents, you know, we, we've messed up, we've failed, we, we didn't do it all right. And, uh, and some of us even failed really horribly and really injured our children and all. But even today, Lord, would you, would you help us all to love our parents, to honor our parents? Lord, would you show us where that might begin, how, how we might just show them honor? And I know it's different for all of us, Lord, but would you speak to our hearts and how to honor our parents? Thanks for meeting with us, Spirit. Thanks for being here. Jesus, thank you for loving us the way you have and, and for never leaving us, but sending your Spirit. We love you, God. And we pray that you'll just pour out yourself upon us individually, our individual families, but also corporately upon our church family. Lord, would you knit our hearts together? Would you thrust us out into Surrey and Alawite to make a difference? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions, you can email them to Pastor Jimmy at baconscastle.com. Also, check out our website at baconscastle.com to get to know us and see what God is doing locally here in Surrey. Be blessed.